Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. I'm your host, Erica Vieira. Beauty and the Vlog is an online community and podcast dedicated to supporting YouTube content creators in beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. We go behind the scenes in the world of video creating through YouTuber interviews, strategy sessions, and in-depth discussions pertaining to all things YouTube. To get the most out of Beauty and the Vlog, make sure to join the Beauty and the Vlog Facebook group and check out our beautyandthevlog.com website for show notes and more. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Well, hello, beauties. Erica here with another interview for you. So now this episode is part two with my interview with Nur or Nurber XO, which she goes by on YouTube. If you haven't listened to part one, which was last week, definitely, I'd say, go there and listen to there first and then come here because this is part two. Um, and if you did listen to it, I'm sure you really enjoyed what we talked about. Nur has so much experience when it comes to being a YouTuber, but also most importantly in this conversation, working with brands and having a perspective from both sides as an influencer and then also from the brand perspective. So she reveals some really interesting things this episode when it comes to working with brands and sponsorships and things like that. So so if you enjoyed part number one, you were probably going to enjoy part number two, maybe even a little better. So that's always my goal. And also, I do want to make sure you guys are aware we've got a lot of new listeners the last few weeks, which has been incredible. And so I want to make sure you guys are all aware of everything that we have to offer here at Beauty in the Vlog. One is we have our Beauty in the Vlog Facebook group, which is a very active, engaged group of creators. And um, I'm on there interacting a lot with people and uh, lots of fun things going on in there as a place for collaborations, a place where people really get to know each other and also just to ask questions and like, hey, have this going on anybody else experience it it's just like a really great community and it's definitely not one of those places where you just you know everyone's dropping their links and running so I really want it to be more about engagement and I think we fostered that kind of um, environment in the beauty in the vlog Facebook group so make sure you join there it's free on Facebook and I'll have the links in the show notes and um, also if you I've had some people express interest in wanting to be part of the mastermind so I have a couple spots open and this is probably going to be the last call before I shut it completely for a little while. So if anyone has been kind of on the fence or thinking about joining the mastermind group um, in which you would not only be part of a special smaller Facebook group of um, where I'm very much in there, very much involved answering a lot of questions, but then you also get that one hour one-on-one consultation with me about your channel. Uh, so if you've been thinking about it or on the fence, I definitely encourage you to do it now because this is pretty much the last call for um, a little bit and um, got a couple spots open. So if anybody's thinking about it, send me an email. Erica, E-R-I-K-A, at beautyandthevlog.com. Um, or you can reach me via the Facebook group or just get a hold of me some way. But the best way is probably email E-R-I-K-A at beautyandthevlog.com. All right. But without further ado, on to part two of the interview. Mwah. Okay, so we talked about, you know, sending emails, reaching out, taking initiative. Um, you talked a little bit about media kits. So what should be included in these media kits, especially if we don't really want to be focusing on numbers for micro-influencers? 
Awesome question. So I get scared telling people to have media kits because people will update one like every few months and then all they do is put numbers and they treat it kind of like a resume. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think resumes should be done like this, but they think like, I, I'm just going to do my intro in the email. It'll be a quick paragraph and go, my media kit is attached. And then the, the person, the social media manager is supposed to like magically figure out what am I supposed to do with this? Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say is you need to tailor it. It needs to be pitched specifically at the brand. So put the basic information, put everywhere that they can find you that's important. So if you want to make a video, then that's what you should put. You should put your YouTube links and then the other links, like, you know, what's most important to least important. Um, and then you should create like graphs. You can pull these right from YouTube. I've taken screenshots right from YouTube about the demographic. Let's say your age demographic is different than what's normally on YouTube because a lot of people think what's on YouTube is young. Mm -hmm. So like my biggest age demographic is the 25 to 34. That's Mm -hmm. Big time brands love that because that's the woman that works for herself and, and has can spend money. money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So pull the demographic specifically for the brand that you're pitching. So like, let's say you're pitching, maybe it's a fashion brand. Go to, if you've ever done a fashion video, go pull the demographics from that. Go pull the numbers, go pull the watch time. Um, if you had links, if you had affiliate links, go pull, if like you, let's say you had great conversion, pull those numbers and put it in the media kit and make it so specific because just like I said earlier, we as influencers don't want to get emails where we're just like, okay, this is a template email being sent to everyone. Brands don't want to feel like, okay, you're pitching like 15 people who are getting the same exact thing. They want to feel like, oh, you're committed to my brand. And this is, you're showing me how you're showing me with the numbers and you're showing me with like, you've curated a media kit is specifically for the product that you want to sell. And you put in the time because you care about my brand. Okay, I'm willing to work with you or at least consider having a conversation with you. So you're saying for people to do like a individual media kit per company they reach out to? Yeah, and people are going to say that takes a lot of time, Mm -hmm. but you shouldn't be blanketing brands with media kits anyway. Because that's not just not just for you, like you as a person, I don't, you shouldn't be doing that, but also think of your viewer. Like Mm -hmm. let's say you pitch 15 brands and they all say, yes, are you going to create sponsored video after sponsored video after sponsored video? How's your audience going to respond to that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you shouldn't be doing that anyway. Um, you should be pitching the brands that you really truly want to work with because trust me, your viewer is going to know. Yeah. And so you're saying that they should be including in those media kits, basically like the, like the demographic. If it, if it makes sense. Yes. Think about if you were the brand, what would you want from an influencer before you worked with them? Mm -hmm. That's how you, it's empathy, empathy all around. Because if you, what I see in media kits is like pictures of the person, all their social media handles, a cute little bio. And then it's like, I, I don't care about numbers. I care about engagement. So Mm -hmm. I want to see like, pull statistics, like pull the percentages that YouTube is already, they already do the work. You just have to go in there and figure out like, okay, do I want it lifetime? Do I want it for the past month? Do I want it for a specific video? Pull those numbers so that you can say the ironclad case, like I'm making a case that I'm a good influencer to collaborate with. Here's why. And then everything that would help make that pitch. And I think, you know, I, and I'm like, I forgive me for not knowing this, but you know, I think another great thing to show would be the number of comments and likes that you get per video. I don't know if YouTube provides like a percentage of like comments per video or like, you know, comments to views or something like that. But I think I would imagine that those would show your engagement level, 
right? Yeah, yeah. And if you, I don't know if YouTube shows it, but you can yeah. crunch the numbers. Yeah, very you have quickly. to do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny that you should mention that, but that's something that I tell brands to look for. So mm-hmm. when they find a new influencer, I will, I'll go quickly to the Instagram and. Uh, if somebody has 10,000 likes on an Instagram picture and 15 comments, the engagement's not there. Yeah, 100%. And and, and that's what I would do. If I were in your shoes or a brand's shoes, I would look. I would look and see at the comments. I would look and see if the influencer themselves is commenting back. Yes. I would look and see the numbers, number of followers. Well, I'm talking about Instagram, right? So number mm-hmm. of followers versus the number of likes versus the number of comments, like you just said, and then you know the level of engagement. And then on YouTube, it's the exact same thing. You know, the number yep. of views versus the number of comments. Is a person writing back? I mean, I think, is that, did you do that? You're yourself like if you were you one of the ones to actually look and kind of handpick the influencers or look at some of those emails yeah I was looking I wouldn't look at emails all the time they would get forwarded to me if somebody was like of interest oh we're not sure yeah Mm -hmm. what should we do and then that's immediately I'd go right to the Instagram right to the YouTube video and you could you can tell immediately the kind of engagement like you can tell just by the comments and the number of comments like you somebody might have two thousand views, but if they have like hundreds of comments, that's insane. Yeah, so that's it's, crazy. Like, yeah, that's really great engagement. And uh, so it's like you're looking at that almost more so than looking at even the content itself. You know, because if someone has absolutely stunning photos, but like there's not a lot of engagement, you would rather go with the person that is more real and maybe you know it's like okay, their photos are okay, but they've got this crazy engagement. Yes, always. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are your thoughts on reels, like video reels? Do you think they're important? Hmm. Um, is it, that's like the trailer on YouTube? Like a trailer. Yeah. Like putting together a trailer of kind of like snippets of, of what you've done. So I see how that could, I would say do it if it, uh, if it's not a lot of extra work, Mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever been sent a trailer uh, usually what we would do is just go and click around. I mean, I've been on YouTube for so long. I already know the influencers. Like I could, I could make a list of a hundred influencers right off the top of my head. But when we were looking for those micro influencers, like the ones that don't immediately come up, I would just go and click through a couple of videos. And because everybody kind of finds their rhythm and all the videos, like at least in the beginning are, they're the same. Mm-hmm. It was quick to figure it out. So I would say if it's not, too much effort. I see how a trailer would work, but I, I wouldn't prioritize it. I So I was working with a manager and, and they were big believers in having a trailer. Um, that was like one of their big things. It was like, you have to have a trailer. And I think it's, in my opinion, I think it, like you said, it couldn't, it couldn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think it could separate you from the pack if you have a trailer. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't know if, if the people like yourself or, or would click on that and watch it and if it would make uh, a difference. It wouldn't, I would still look for the things that the, 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 the tells, yeah, mm-hmm. the tells are like a beautiful trailer is great. And I, I, it's funny you say that's from a manager is because we're starting to see like a lot of the management companies are actually management companies that work with celebrities are now dipping into the YouTube space because yeah. it's becoming lucrative. Yeah. 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 And they're used to that kind of very polished resume, very polished kind of, kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. is there anything else that you want to add about, you know, on, cause then we'll switch gears a little bit and talking kind of more on the company side, but on the influencer side or the micro influencer or things that, that micro influencers need to know when working with brands. Well, actually, yeah. And then actually I have one more question for that, but if, is there anything else that I haven't brought up that you want to talk about? 
I think we've covered a lot. I love the motivational stuff you covered. And I, I feel like if you, if, if you've never done a podcast on that alone, I think mindset is huge. For yeah, success. I, you know what? I should. It's, and it's something that I've, you know, I'm like, oh, are people interested in that? Because it's something, I think being in sales and marketing, naturally, you create a certain mentality that's mm-hmm. like, oh, isn't that like, isn't that what everybody has is that you know and it's like you realize it it was you've learned it over years and years and years of like my day-to-day is going out and pitching something pitching something pitching something and just you have to it's like an innate thing that's part of me now but it's you've built it up over the years I think that's so Mm -hmm. important I think the skills that you talked about were really important the other thing I wanted to say was don't be shy about pitching brands or reaching out to brands. What I learned, every single brand that I went into to work with them, they had no idea how to use influencers. So when we had influencers reach out or like I I would talk to them and be like, this influencer reached out and it just made my job so easy. You might actually be making somebody's life easier. So don't think Mm -hmm. about it like I'm bothering this person or I'm annoying or I'm smothering what you should do is reach out. And like I said, if you feature the video, something in a video, or you take an Instagram picture using the product, you make somebody's life easier by giving it right to them, like give the assets to them, because that's less work on their part where they have to go and scour and like follow up. Did you use this in a video? Because that was part of the social media team's job is, okay, we sent Mm. the products, it's been three weeks, have they talked about it somewhere? This is part of the relationship building, saying the thank you and also sending the assets back is a great way to build a relationship where it's like, what you'd be surprised how many times social media managers have been like, these influencers can be so tough to work with because they're not cooperative or they're unresponsive. So again, you stand out from the herd when you go the extra mile. It takes you no extra time to do something like that, to say thank you, to send the picture, and you make somebody else's life easier. Trust me, you'll rise to the top. And they'll want to work with you again. They'll the 100% oh, yeah. want to, because they'll remember you be like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll send her like more seconds. She's like awesome, you know? Yeah, because so, she was easy to mm-hmm. work with or he was easy to work with. Mm-hmm. That, and it goes with what you said before and like, you know, people liking you. That's part yep. of people liking you is making their job and their day-to-day easier. Yes. Yep. 100%. So, okay, this is one thing I do want to talk about on the influencer side is, you know, we're constantly talking about like working with brands, working with brands, working with brands, right? But is it just getting free product for brands or getting to like really getting like getting paid from brands or doing sponsored deals? So where, you know, where is that line where brand decides, okay, I, I want to actually invest like financially in this influencer. Are they doing that for micro influencers? Or are we just talking about free product for micro influencers? Or are they actually paying them? Like, tell me a little bit about that process or if you can Absolutely. speak to that. Every time for, I would say with a micro influencer, it's a little bit tougher because the numbers are not there and people are just so used to numbers. They're like, oh, the numbers tell the whole story. Well, they don't. Mm-hmm. Every time though, I've been with a brand and I've seen that switch from, I'll call them the decision maker where they're like, you know what, let's pay them. It's because the influencer has already talked about a product and we've seen a return. And at that point, you build the confidence in the brand to say like, I'm going to give you a return if you pay me. So when you're smaller, it's almost as if you do the work a little bit and you shouldn't always do it for free because you're going to start to grow and you become valuable in that sense. And when you're making money for a brand, you should be paid, but maybe get creative. Like if a brand won't outright pay you, maybe get creative and say, can I do a coupon code that's av- available for a limited time? Or think about how like, okay, I'll do 
one video and then we can revisit, like, we'll see how this does. And maybe in the six months we can revisit doing something. And you and I talked about this and when should you ask a brand for money and when Mm -hmm. you shouldn't, Mm -hmm. it's circumstantial. If it's a multi-million dollar brand, you know, they have a budget. If it's a brand new brand or a brand that's not really familiar with the influencer space, it's going to be tougher for them to allot those that money to influencers without really understanding the power of influencers. So don't be afraid to do a little bit of the work and then to say, now we're ready to work together on a more collaborative uh, video or pictures or pictures on Instagram. But I would say that's how you should reach out to brands. The free stuff, again, it's okay to ask for free stuff, but give a purpose. Like I'm using it for the XYZ video, or this is what I intend to do, or I want to create Instagram pictures with, you know, all your new lipsticks. Um, well, there's a lot of money in beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't, it'll get to that point, but in the beginning, don't be discouraged if a brand is like, that's just not within our budget. And it's a fine line because on the one hand, some brands just really can't afford it or don't know how to do that. And then a lot of brands will try to take advantage of influencers. So it's really understanding like, what is this brand? Where are they coming from? Are they new? Is it a multi-million dollar brand? Am I, am I doing too much? Is this an opportunity cost for me? Or is this something that I'm investing in myself that I'm doing this and in six months, it's going to be a paid opportunity. So you're saying that like to take baby steps in a way. So, you know, because if, if, if you're saying, you know, reach out to brands, you can't really reach out to brands and say, Hey, you want to pay me for a post? You know, no. I, I imagine that's not, you know, that's not the way to go about it. It sounds like it's like, you know, build a relationship first. Like you think it's actually a good idea to first just more ask for free product, kind of build a relationship. And yes. then at, at a certain point, then say, you know, are you, would you guys do any type of sponsored posts or something like that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Developing the, you can even come up with a campaign yourself. Cause again, brands are not entirely sure how to work with influencers. So maybe you do stuff and they are really happy with the work that you've created. And mm-hmm. then you come back and you say, awesome. How about a campaign on a bigger scale? Here's what I would love to do. And I've also grown. Here are my numbers. How like does this amount sound fair or like to start to negotiate a price that makes sense? Yeah, I think that th- that's where it gets like really, really tricky. It it's tri- like exactly figuring out like, you know, when do you, do you ask for money? Because when you think about it, they haven't had to pay you this whole time for you to be posting videos and posts of you with their makeup. So why would they start now in a way? I you know, always, I always say ask for a coupon code because Mm -hmm. that's zero risk for the brand. They're going to say like, Oh, okay. If we're making money, we'd be happy to pay you. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. so much easier to do that. And then it's also like, it's like integrity from your perspective. You're only making money if people are buying instead of being like, I I need $2,000 for a video Mm -hmm. and I can make no guarantees that you're going to make those $2,000 back. Yeah. So, So, yeah. So like a coupon code and then yeah, it just gets, it gets tricky because then at some point, you know, you want more than a coupon code. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, and, and I think the other question too is, you know, well, then how much do you even ask for? Like that, it's like the brands don't know how to work with the influencers and the influencers don't know how to work with the brands. And this is like this whole new world that they're, everyone's trying to navigate on their own and trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. And the other, the part that makes it tricky is that we're all so secretive about those numbers. Yes, everybody's and if there was- so secretive. 
and I don't understand what the big deal is. And if there was more transparency, we would all like, no one would get taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And I, that's, that's the thing that kills me the most is when, especially the younger girls get into this and they get taken advantage of because it's, you don't know, like no one's talking about it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you will do something that somebody else got like paid $5,000 to do. And I think that that's, that's terrible. And brands shouldn't do that, but of course they're going to do it. It's always about the bottom line. Yeah. So if they can get somebody who's young and maybe they do have a crazy engaged audience and they're like, yeah, I'll do that video for, you know, $400 and like, Oh, sweet. You know? Yeah. And so how how do they, like, how are they supposed to know? And how, how did you learn that? Did you, did you work with influencers when it came to actual sponsored posts or was it more just about like product and, and things and engagement with influencers? When I worked with brands, I actually moved brands away from sponsored posts because the amount, yeah, I -hmm. moved them away because what, what they had paid in the past and the return they were getting made me want to cry. Mm. Um, sometimes it was nothing, literally zero. And they were paying thousands of dollars for posts. And I was like, no, I'm a numbers girl. So I want every dollar we spend accounted for. Mm -hmm. So that's, I would build affiliate programs within brands because, and then, uh, but they would be capped. Like not everybody gets an affiliate code. Like I would max it out. Because that's the thing. Like if they're like handing out affiliate codes like candy, Mm -hmm. then it's like, you know, like everybody's got that Morphe affiliate code. Everyone's got that. So it's like, (laughs) no one's making money because it's like everybody under the sun has that affiliate code. And it's like, okay, you could get 10% anywhere, you know? So it's got to, I think, have to be a genuine, actual, unique code. Yeah, I would cap, I would cap influencers at 15 to 20 per brand. And Mm -hmm. you think like 20 is a lot. No, there's thousands of beauty influencers. So 20 was like tiny. Mm -hmm. I, so we would move to affiliate codes because Mm. I needed to see a return on anything that was being spent. So, and Mm -hmm. that was a low risk way to say like, let's see what you're, you really get to measure engagement at that point. Mm -hmm. And if they weren't engaged or they weren't using the coupon code, then it wasn't, they no longer needed it. So we would like siphon influencers out. Mm, That's really interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. So it's like, you think from a company's perspective, they're better off doing affiliates. I do think from a company's perspective, but the thing is, is these same brands would end up doing sponsorships with the influencers that were getting them a great return. Mm -hmm, So -hmm. it's kind of like, that's a a low risk way for a brand to start, but then you build those relationships and you can do something on a bigger scale, or maybe you can do something where you say, can I have a higher commission for this week? I'm going to do an entire video on your brand. You can negotiate that. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about getting creative. Um, the sponsors sponsored posts. The great thing is, is there's a lot of brands looking for sponsored content. So sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't even have to go and pitch yourself in that respect. But if you want to work with a brand you're going to get a yes. If you offer like, let's do an affiliate code first, but that's something else you could say, like, I'll do an affiliate code for now, but I'm interested in doing sponsored content in the future. Cause then the brand's going to go, okay, you're willing to like, make sure that I have the confidence in this before I do it. So you could mm-hmm. always write a contract like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild, wild west. Everybody says that about social media, but it's so true. It is. And it's like the brands are trying to figure out how do we work with these influencers. And here's the thing too, is that there's no barrier to entry in being an influencer per se. So yeah. it's not like before, like 
being a Hollywood celebrity, people had to pack up their bags, move to LA, get an agent, get in front of casting directors. Like now it's a lot easier. So there's even like more people trying to do it and more people out there. So, you know, in some ways these companies, you know, so that like, you know, every other day there's some new hot shot that's cropping up. And like, yeah. even like on my podcast, I had, um, I think it was last week's episode or the week before I can't remember. I but, saw that. Uh, Amber, did you listen to it or? I listen to some of it oh my God. I couldn't I because I the numbers yeah crazy numbers. she she grew in something like three months she grew to over like 350,000 YouTube subscribers and her videos have a lot of views and a ton of engagement that uh, to me I when I saw that email come through I was like what that's insane I yeah. don't have 300,000 followers and I've been doing this for almost eight years so yeah, it's you're crazy right. I funny, maybe this is another conversation, but I think it's starting to mimic what happens a lot in Hollywood. And I'm not saying influencers or celebrities, but there was a time before the Screen Actors Guild that pay rates were all over the place. And yeah. I do think that eventually oh, when it's not so new. there's going to have to be some kind of a, yeah. what, what do you call it? Like a, I'm trying a to union. Think. A union. That's it. There's yeah. got to be some kind of something to regulate because then people are going to be taken advantage of. Yep. And it's just, I mean... You know, right now, like you said, it's like the wild, wild west of everything. And yeah. people are still trying to figure it out. And like, I, you know, like I was saying, it's like there's there's someone that can crop up at any time. And they're like this new person. And they've got 200, 300,000, 400,000 subscribers. They're like, yep. I don't know what I'm doing. And these brands are like, whoa, you know, so they, they have the brands have a lot to choose from. They have a lot they to do. offer. So what what's their incentive? If one person says, well, no, actually, that's not my rate. My rate is this. They're like, well, that's not our rate. So bye bye. We're going to go to the next person. Yep. And we definitely, we will need those regulations, especially with the age of the people that do mm -hmm, this. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's going to happen. It has to happen. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. And I think a lot of it also comes down to like professionalism. It's like, you know, you might end up not spending as much, but then it's going to be way more work working with this person. This person's not professional. Yes. They don't know how to work with brands. They aren't responsive. And you know, you know, at that point, you'd rather spend three times the amount to at least work with somebody who's professional. That's so true. <laughs> you know, it's true. <laughs> so I, I just think, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot that goes into it. What are your thoughts on a lot of these other ways for like software programs for influencers and companies that connect? Like it's called Influencer and Octoly and Grapevine. There's a whole bunch of them. Do you have thoughts on those? I, I do. I always, I'm a proponent of the brand building the relationship. I don't like the middleman. Mm. However, a lot of brands, like we said, it takes a lot of time. They don't even, it was it's so funny how many brands I went into and they wouldn't even know if I named, like, if I said Jaclyn Hill, they'd be like, who is that? And I'd be like, what? Really? How do you not know? She's like our <laughs> goddess. Yeah. Um, She's like numero even, uno. Like, <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't even know how to begin to navigate that space. So those are great to kind of, okay, get a feel of like, what are the influencers that exist in the space? Mm -hmm. How do I use them? Um, but I always say like, you always want to build a relationship with the influencer. The influencer wants to build a relationship with the brand. I think that's the, the brands that benefit the most from these relationships are the ones where there is no middleman. It's not an outside silo that's a PR company or one of these platforms because it's really all about the relationship. We don't want something in between. So as a brand, you don't think it's a good idea, but as an influencer, what are your thoughts from the influencer perspective? I've, I've seen some of them. Um, I, it could be, 
a good a, a good way to see like what kind of brands are looking at working with influencers. Mm-hmm. I think that that like I've seen That's true. Yeah. huge brands pop up on these things. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, you have the resources to have a social media team. So you can always keep that in the back of your mind and at least know they're open to the possibility of working with influencers. So mm-hmm. for me, I've never worked with a brand on those platforms, but I like it because it gives me an idea of like who's looking or who's interested or trying to like dip their toe in the water. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, you could see like who's who's willing to work with with influencers. I think a lot of the brands that go on there are the brands that maybe don't know how to work or connect with influencers. Yeah. So they think, okay, let's see, you know, how this this kind of works out or we will contract out this other software company type thing to kind of do that work for us and yeah. hope to get our brand out there with a bunch of these, you know, influencers and stuff. Yeah. Which I guess would almost be taking out your job <laughs> in a way. Which, right? Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's like, you're like, hey, that, you know, I do that really well. And probably that's, you know, having somebody like you in there versus uh, a company is, I'm sure, much better. Yeah, I, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Okay, so now, like, I also have a lot of people that listen that are that are small, small companies, mm-hmm. small brands. And, you know, they really want to work with influencers. What are a few pieces of advice that you would give them? Ooh, um, what I would start to do is to begin to invest in the lives of these people. And I mean, emotionally invest. So follow them on Snapchat, follow them on YouTube, follow them on Instagram, figure out what's important to them and start to connect with them like and not in a in a tacky way where it's like a forced relationship we love you and it's like you found them yesterday mm-hmm. but in a way where it's like you're following them and the way that I did it with my brand so let's say for example I'll use Jaclyn Hill. Mm-hmm. Jaclyn Hill has a very specific lip color that she loves. Mm-hmm. So, and I know that because I followed her for so long. Like I know all of Jaclyn Hill's favorites. I think most of us do. <laughs> so if I worked with a brand that they had a product that I knew Jaclyn Hill would love, that's how I would have the brand reach out. Like I would have the brand reach out and say, we know you love, like she loves like those nude pink nude, lips. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. yeah, see, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say like, hey, we have a lip color that you would love. Um, this is what it is, but we'd love to include some other goodies. Let us know what your mailing address is. This is how you should be reaching out to influencers. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that happens is when you start watching them, you'll start, they'll start populating all of your suggested videos, like, like a virus. Like that's mm-hmm. all that will come up as beauty videos on Instagram. Your explore page will kind of like get taken over. Another way is to go follow, follow like a Jacqueline, a Manny or a Kathleen lights, and then see who they're following. If you're mm-hmm. not sure how to find influencers, that's a great way to do it. Like find some of the hard hitters and then see who are they following? Who are they engaging with? Mm-hmm. Um, finding Because that's finding their network too. And the thing that happens on YouTube is when smaller influencers start to talk about a product, that's when bigger influencers pick up on it. It's more high risk for a bigger influencer to talk about a product that's never been talked about before. So mm. it's better for a brand to go after the network of these bigger influencers, like go for the smaller influencers and in, within the network of the bigger influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how you should reach out. Like, don't reach out to just say like, this is my brand. I would love if you talk about this product, talk about it. Like Carly by Bell has eczema. If you have a product that will fix her eczema or like heal it, mm-hmm. that's you should you should be like, hey, I saw that in one of your she did a vlog where she talked about it or actually a recent video. 
I have a product, I have a lotion that's going to help your eczema. I'd love to send it your way. Now you're investing in her life. Yeah. I mean, you have to be really tuned in to this entire community because I like Carly Bible. I watch her videos. I didn't even know she had eczema, you know? So you have to be so tuned in. And I'm sure if you, if you have a product with eczema or that's like your, your, your niche and your skincare line has to do with that, you, you probably, that's what you're looking out for. But like, you know, it's like, you have to just be so in tune to every, everybody that's out there. And it's just, you just have to take the time to to really invest your time in those people. I will say this. I have had brand founders that have completely thrown themselves into this world. Like mm-hmm. I wake up every morning and I roll through all Snapchats of influencers and I watch all beauty videos. But for me, it's fun. I've done it whether I got paid for it or not. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't want to do it, and I, I get it, if you're the CEO of a company and you have plenty of other things to do, when I've hired on social media teams, I don't even care if you have social media experience. My number one question is, do you watch beauty videos? Yeah. So if you build a team, I hired like an intern at a company where I was like, I don't even care if you know anything about social media. Do you watch beauty videos? (laughs) Who are your top five beauty like (laughs) vloggers that you love? And if they couldn't answer that question, then I was like, it's, it's gotta be a part of the job. So you can always hire somebody to be the eyes and ears and like Mm -hmm. to have their ear on the ground for you at all times. But yeah, it's absolutely important. But that's like, that's what I've given brands when I've gone to work with them because I watch all the time. Like I know way too much about these people's lives. I know their dog's name. I know when they got married. I know how many kids they have. But that's the intel that makes the difference between who they respond to, whether they respond to you or somebody else who's paying attention. So let's uh, drop some names. Who are some influencers, right, that are out there that you think that the micro influencers or people that are listening should kind of take a page from? the micro influencers I think that are doing like high engagement who no are doing- or, or it could be micro influencers but, but say you know people that are listening that are most likely micro influencers or smaller who who are some of those influencers big small or whatever that you think are really doing it right and that you know somebody that wants to achieve success should be watching and studying and like looking and seeing what they're doing okay Love Jackie Ina. She's also a personal friend, so I'm a mm-hmm. little biased, but her engagement is unbelievable. But you will see the way that she delivers content is it's like, I'm not here to make everybody happy. I'm here for my tribe. Mm. Um, somebody new that I recently discovered within the past few weeks that I've just like been emailing all the brands that I work with, like you got to check out this girl is her name's the Tayla. Um, mm. T-H-A-T-A-Y-L-A-A. Her name's okay. Taylor. She's based out of Seattle. Oh my goodness. Her numbers are in like the 200,000. I think she's going to hit 300,000 soon, Mm -hmm. but she's very niche. It doesn't do the, like that. I have to have the over bubbly personality. She's like, go look at her comments. Go look at how many people favor her tweets. Go look at her Instagram. Unfreaking believable. Mm. Uh, somebody actually met on a Sigma trip, that girl, Shay, Shay. Yeah. Shay. Yeah. I've, tr- I've been wanting to get her on the show, but she's never responded to my emails. <laughs> oh my God. Absolute sweetheart. I've actually wa- watched her for years. I actually was watching her way, be- way a long time ago. I love her, her, her videos. Isn't she amazing? She's also like not, she's not over a million subscribers, but mm-hmm. high engagement. Yeah. Unbelievable engagement. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of who else. Um, she has good content too. She just has really good tutorials and stuff. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are the people that I think are at the top of top of my mind. I mean, obviously Jaclyn Hill, Kathleen lights, Manny, all of them have huge numbers, like high engagement, unbelievable engagement. Nikki tutorials is another one. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're people who have 
built their audience, but still figured out a way to keep the engagement levels high. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, I mean, we're wrapping it up. You gave us so much information. Like, thank you so much. I know that the people listening are going to love this. And um, what is there anything else I was missing? Anything that you just say, okay, I, I need to add. I think we've covered it all. This has been so fun. I really truly hope that it helps. And I think the most important thing is don't be discouraged. Like if it, if you go after it, you can make it happen. Totally. I think, I mean, and I think, to, you know, listening to everything that you said, not having a thick skin, putting yourself out there, focusing on your engagement. I mean, those are all amazing, amazing points that you brought up. Um, so you have a YouTube channel. You are a YouTuber in your I own am. right. Where can people find you if they're like, oh my God, who's this girl? I love her. I need to follow her. <laughs> um, you're so sweet. So I go by the moniker NurberXO, N-U-R-B-E-R-X-O. I'm NurberXO everywhere. I just started an advice channel that's called Neurology. So it's oh my God, that's so cute. Neurology. <laughs> Isn't it? N-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y. That's like more life advice stuff. So if you're feeling unmotivated, that's where you'll find those videos. And because I've been focusing on the social media stuff so hardcore for the past year and a half, um, I haven't been great about making videos, but I, that's something that's like New Year's resolutions. I want to get back into making videos because that's what makes me happy. But now, um, your beauty videos are so I love your beauty videos. You like don't make you. them anymore. <laughs> I know, I know, but I get Well, your so, favorites like, are really good. Like I love your favorites. I recommend mm-hmm. stuff no one else like recommends. Random stuff, yeah. Yeah. But that's my, that's become it's my good. bread and butter. Yeah. So like when I work with brands, they even though like, you know, I'll talk about a vitamin, that's the vitamin brand that I worked with, um, Amazing Grass was like, Oh my god, your engagement is obscene. And they work with influencers that have like a million subscribers and they were like we need more nerds and I'm like me yeah um but yeah that's like that's become my thing my favorites videos but thank you yeah your videos are great so everyone go follow her go listen to her advice and what she has to say (laughs) (laughs) thank you Erica well thank you Nur for coming on the show my pleasure (laughs) and um I hope you guys stop by and say hello and if people have questions shoot me an email I'm around or snapchat me I'm always available I don't have Snapchat. Oh my God. My Snapchat is my thing. Really? Oh my God. Yes. I, need, I need to get on it. I know. I mean, I, isn't that what Instagram stories is like? Isn't that going to take over Snapchat? No? I, I don't I don't know how I feel about that because mm, I still, my audience is still on Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. 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 I know. I haven't. I haven't we'll see that. though. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just text you if I have questions. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. I'll teach you everything. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Nur. Thank you so much, Erica. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it. That's our episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if you stayed this long, do me a huge, huge favor and leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be amazing. It helps more than you know, helping other people find the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. Also, make sure you check out beautyandthevlog.com for all the show notes for this episode. And if you're not a part of the Beauty and the Vlog family on our Facebook group, Make sure you join for lots of support, collaborations, and questions and answers for anything related to being a content creator on YouTube. This is Erica, and I will see you next week. Mwah.